Have you ever, when you meet people, when you come in in contact with people, when you see people, uh, we often ask, how you doing? And without even thinking, we always say, fine. Uh, we don't, especially in the Midwest, we don't like to delve into too much. And so we usually just say, fine, and have it pass on. And it has become kind of something that we just, we just say, and nobody really gives a, a thought to it, really. But has anyone ever come up to you and said, how is your faith today? That's something that's a little bit trickier to answer sometimes. Because sometimes we, we, we could say fine, but I'll, I'm just speaking for myself here. My faith does not have a projection of, of this. I didn't, you know, uh, find Jesus and, and, and be like those, uh, uh, the Christian movies where now everything is really good and you can just roll the credits because my life is perfect now. Uh, my faith sometimes does go through valleys and it goes up and down a little bit and sometimes I question and sometimes, you know, you, you get tired. Things happen in our lives where we get a little bit tired and we might... Um, the time that we need our faith the most is sometimes the time that we forget about it and we don't focus on it and we don't take those reminders of life to where it's our faith that oftentimes gives us the strength that we need in our lives during the good times and during the bad times. It's really, um, it, it, it can be a roller coaster, it can be a, you know, almost look like an EKG uh, kind of thing, it can be, uh, you know, uh, times when we just kind of take a break from it, and then there's times when we go uh, deep into it. And it makes me sad because I think that our faith is something that um, I wish were a constant in our lives. I wish we exercised our faith as much as we exercise other things in our lives. I wish we were as devoted to our faith as some of the other things that we were devoted to in our lives. But sadly, sometimes the other things in our lives gets a little bit in our way. Uh, we get more uh, caught up into things of, that we can see, tangible things that we can put our, our, our hands on or that we can uh, watch on television or that we can engage in. You know, we, we, we lose the fact that our faith is interweaved through everything that we touch in our lives. And that is something that uh, God, since the beginning, has been trying to, to share with us, trying to encourage us. Uh, we always think of it as, as God testing and all of this kind of stuff, but throughout history, God has been trying uh, daily, every moment, to build a closer relationship with us. And that's a pretty wonderful thing. Every single one of us, we have something inside of us that God wants to be closer to. God wants to be uh, closer to us. He wants to be there with us during the good times, and he wants to be there with us even when we're struggling. I hope we can see it. I hope that we can see it. During this pandemic that we have been going through, the last year, for some it's been a little bit more than a year, it's been challenging at times. We've been, we have been uh, divisive on many things. We have seen uh, great division on many things. And many of us have been just tired. Uh, we can't, you know, at, when, before the pandemic, we were, we were filling this church. And now people are, are, are scared to come into, and rightly so, scared to come into contact with people. Um, and so they're watching from, from home and everything. But life has changed. 
And some of us, we want to just get back to normal. We want to go out to eat. We want to go to a show. We want to do what we can. We don't want to wear the mask. A lot of us, we don't want to wear the mask. It's uncomfortable, but we do it. And so sometimes when it seems like we are uh, worn and tired, sometimes that's the last time that we check in on our faith. We just get angry or we just get bitter or we just get into more conversations about the negative or we start to rebel against things. But we, sometimes we fail to pause in our lives and count our faith, count our blessings. And yes, isn't it amazing that even when life is the, just the worst, there, I'm telling you, are blessings in that. Do we see it? We've been covering the Old Testament. We've been covering the stories before. Then these stories are uh, enriched and wonderful with things that we can learn from, things that can challenge us, uh, things that can remind us of what it took for us as a people to get into a Christian way of life, to get into who we are. We've been following the book of Moses, uh, not the book of Moses, the book of Exodus. We've been following Moses and the Exodus, the, uh, Moses getting his people, uh, the Israelites who have been abused, have been um, the, the outcasts for many years, slavery in Egypt, and they, he has got them out of there through the grace of God. God has helped him to get his people out of this uh, regime, this, this place of abuse, this place of, um, of, of hurtfulness unkindness. And now they are exploring the desert for the first time. They are out there in the desert. Now, it wouldn't seem very nice if you have this wonderful thing uh, where God, this miracle of God bringing you out, and it's with all this fanfare, you know, he's got all these, uh, these plagues and all of this kind of stuff, and then you've got these, these water uh, parting, you know, the seas and all this kind of stuff, and so you see these kind of miracle things and all this kind of stuff, and you start to think, hey, he likes me, and then you go out into the desert, and then you're just there, and you think, hey, what the... That water you split, could you just bring some here? I mean, why? Um, and for me, I'm not, I'm not a desert guy. Uh, I, I don't like it when sand gets in my hair. And yes, sand will even get into this. I don't like that. Um, I don't like the heat. It doesn't take me very long to jump from gratitude to complain. Um, I can't imagine what it would be like for an entire civilization. Oftentimes in the movies, we, we always see Moses walking out with about 30 people. Uh, it wasn't like that. That's just the, that's the extras that they could afford. But it really was a community, a full community. It would be almost like transferring uh, Lincoln out to the desert. And you've got this one guy in charge, and he's an old man. And he talks to God, and you're like, okay, uh, here we are out in the desert. But after, after a time, you might walk out there with all this, the, the, the miracles and all this kind of stuff. You might walk out there with a lot of fanfare. Uh, the music is still playing from when they parted the sea, all this kind of stuff here. And you walk out there, and you're thinking you're, it's groovy and all that kind of stuff. 
you might have that energy, but how long can you survive on that? How long will that energy last for you the minute it starts to get uncomfortable? And, you know, I've mentioned this before. We Christians, we talk about, you know, I'll, I'll die for Jesus and all of this kind of stuff. I'll give my life. No one ever volunteers to be uncomfortable. Uh, I'll just be uncomfortable. You know, you can just make me, put me out in the desert for a while and I'll show you my faith. That's where it really matters. That's where it really matters because uh, those are the real tests in our lives. We can talk about giving our lives, but if we are uncomfortable, if we have to live, um, if we have to wear the mask to protect our neighbors, that's a, that's a challenge for some of us, and we want to fight those things. We want to fight the things that we see in our lives rather than giving it to our faith and hanging on to the Christianity, the, the, the very morals and the values that we have, and that is a value of love loving others, loving ourselves, loving God. Those are the things that we want to hang on to. So they're out in the desert. How long do you think it took them before the community began to share grievances? How long would it take you? This much? I like that, this much. That's a good measurement. Uh, they lasted three days. Three days. That's pretty, that's pretty good. The, the Bible says uh, they went three days in the wilderness. And this is the wilderness. No cell phone coverage. Uh, no gas stations. You can't, you can't buy a, a Snickers bar anywhere. Uh, you can't see anything. I mean, it's just vacant. And you're out there. And they went out there for three days in the wilderness. They found no water. When they came to Mora. They could not drink the water of Mora because it was bitter. It was bitter tasting, and that's why it was called Mora, obviously. You know, I mean, you could, I mean that's what you're going to do there. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? He cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water immediately became sweet. Uh, scientists have actually looked at this and said, there is a filtration kind of thing there and all this stuff. I always love it when they, you know, they, well, factually, uh, according to, you know, and then they go into this kind of stuff. Um, and some of it is a little bit gross, too, and I'll share some of that as we go along. But uh, the fact is, is that he was able to take this piece of wood and throw it into this thing, and um, eventually, immediately, it became sweet. So the people that are with Moses are now seeing, they're not seeing the grandiose parting of the waves, but they now have water that they can drink. They're seeing a miracle. They're seeing a reminder. Let's see, we complain that we don't have water. Moses, we complain to Moses. Moses goes over and talks to God, and then he brings back a stick, and he throws it in the water, and now we have water to drink. Odd? Yeah, really odd, but... Is that something that would strengthen their faith again? Do they give the credit that it was God that did that for them? Or are they focused completely on what they can see, which is the old guy with a stick? And they think, well, maybe they did. Maybe Moses knows something or other. So they, they drink the water. They camp out there for a little while. And then they're walking again. And they're going through the stuff. And now they're starting to get... A little bit hungry. And the community, again, their focus 
Their focus is on the here and now, what they can see. And what they can't see is food. They can't see nutrition. They can see this old guy that brought them out to the desert again, so they go back to Moses. Nobody at this time is talking to God. Nobody at this time is uh, giving their faith. They're just completely going after the guy that is kind of the, uh, the mayor of the community, I guess. The governor, whatever you want to call it. You have trouble, you just blame them right there and you just go after them. And they give him an earful too. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you, this is Moses, you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. That's a bit harsh. That's a bit harsh. Immediately they start feeling hunger pains. They feel uncomfortable. They go after Moses and they focus on him. And they're already forgetting what life was like in Egypt. They're already forgetting that they were slaves, that people could legally kill them, that they had no rights whatsoever. And they are already turning against their faith, turning against God, and turning against Moses because they don't have a sandwich. So Moses again goes, "Ah, all right. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. I love that. The complaining, not the concerns. God is calling it what it is. I've heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In other words, God is continually reminding Moses, please remember that I have a relationship with them. I'm not gone. I am still here, but I am testing people. I am testing people. Now, okay, we find problems sometimes with the word testing. A lot of us, we're old hippies, and we don't like that, you know, anything like that. We want to rebel against that. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. During the, the, uh, the evening, uh, quail would fly by, uh, and then they would uh, fall to the ground. So meat was coming from the sky for them. Now, again, this is where scientists will say, you know, my, it has been times when migratory quail have in that area through the flying, have become exhausted and basically just dropped to the ground. That actually does happen. The miracle here is that it happened right when God said it would happen, and it happened every night for them, six days a week, enough for them to eat. And during the day, there was what they call, uh, they gave it a, a, uh, the, the, the term manna. Now, manna in Arabic actually means what the because this white stuff would fall to the ground. And this white stuff, they said it tasted like honey. It was like a wafer kind of thing. And that would give them nourishment. And God told them, only take what you can eat during the day. Because at night, it'll be filled with maggots and you won't be able to touch it. So truly, I'm testing you. Trust me. Only take the meat that you can eat at night. Only take the manna that you can eat during the day and have faith that I will be with you tomorrow. Have faith 
That's the test right there. Have faith. Now, a little, little side note there about the, uh, the scientists that always try to come in, you know. Uh, this is going to really make you hungry. Uh, there is a scientific, um, that, where they've tried to explain the manna. There's an insect that lives in this area that sucks sap from uh, plant life there. And then the excrement of these insects falls upon the dew and the ground and it tastes like sugar. And they're saying, that's probably what happened. The miracle here is again that it happened every day, six days a week, for the whole time that they were walking in the desert. So, you've got your bread or stuff during the day. You've got your quail at night. You would think that just that reminder every day, because you... You, you're told not to take more. But it's a community, right? It's a community. People did. They did take more. They did get worried about it. They did not have trust in the next day. And some, so the, a lot of people in their uh, surroundings, their, their, their tents, their huts, they would see that the food would turn all yucky and maggoty and all that kind of stuff, and they would have to throw it out. And God pleaded with them to only do it six days a week. And on the sixth day, no matter what they took, it was enough for them to last into the seventh day. Because this is the first time that God introduces the Sabbath. And he tells Moses that they can take double amounts on the sixth day, and it will not perish because on the next day, is a day that they're supposed to set aside, not work, not labor, but just exercise their relationship with God. So God's actually asking them just to have faith. Have faith. Know that I am your friend. Know that I am with you. I'm not going to let you perish. I took you out of Egypt. I'm not going to let you perish. You might get uncomfortable. But I'm here with you, and at least one day a week, that's all I ask, one day a week, stop what you're doing, and, and maybe let's work on our relationship. Now, we call that testing, but I want you to think about something here. We have some people that are parents here. Uh, Will, your parents are here, right here, yes. Every uh, parent or teacher has had to... We, many of us have had the experience, let's say, of uh, teaching our child to walk for the first time or to crawl, somehow get mobile, if they're in a wheelchair, to, to move the wheelchair. Sometimes that can resemble testing because what do you do? You take them by the hand or you take them by the chair or however you do it and you're there with them the whole time. They can see you with them the whole time and you're marching them along, you're marching them along and then you get to a point where you let go. And what happens? Many times the child goes, oh my God, 
cry and falls down to the ground and cries and everything like that. And you go over this again. And the child at that time might be looking at you like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you leaving me like this? You know, and sometimes it's hard to explain to them, but you know that you were encouraging them to walk on their own, to be independent. You are giving them a test, but you are giving them a gift. Something that they can rely on when you're not presently there. And eventually you back away and that person starts to come forward and they start to develop that strength and they start to learn how to move on their own. This is what God's doing with the Israelites in the desert. He is purposely giving them things and stepping back because what he knows is that faith is the thing that keeps us going. More than anything in life, more than the nourishment, more than the things that we can see, faith, our faith, is the thing that energizes us from point A to point B. The more we grow in our faith, the more mature we get into our faith, the more we are able to walk and grow spiritually. And that's what God's doing to the Israelites in the desert. They don't see it like that. They see this old man, Moses, this know-it-all old guy that's just talking to God and giving them certain things, and then they go away. And how soon they forget when things are not going their way. They get to another place. They're walking in the desert again, and they get to another place where there is no water. Now, do they think, hey, does Moses have that stick? You know, or, or does, you know, we... we complained to Moses the last time we were thirsty, and he talked to God, and then we had that. So all we got to do is say, you know, where's, where's the water, right? And that's where harmony begins. That's where community begins. Not in this case. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Immediately, they stopped going to God. They went right to Moses and they said, You stink, old man. Give us the water to drink. You brought us out here. And immediately, their focus is on the things that they can see. Poor Moses. You know, he's just this old guy. You know, he's this old Jewish guy. The average Jew at, at that time was about uh, five foot three, five foot four. He's not this towering Charlton Heston guy, he's an old man. And he's wondering why people are continually coming to him and blaming him for everything. And he says to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? Why aren't you having that faith? Why aren't you knowing that it's going to happen? The people complained against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? They immediately give him a guilt trip. They immediately forget that they were saved out of Egypt. Isn't it amazing how once we get uncomfortable, we forget all of the blessings in our lives. We forget everything that was there for us, all those God moments, and we immediately want to turn against people. We've seen this in the last year during even like this pandemic. You know, we've been asked to, to wear masks. Man, I didn't know that that was going to start something. You go to the doctor, you go to a, a place, before I was, the pandemic even started, I went to the, a doctor's office because I had flu-like symptoms, and they said, would you wear one of these masks? It's required because we don't want you to infect other people, and that made sense to me. 
Now we are fighting about wearing the mask. About as soon as we become uncomfortable, we want to fight it. We want to blame a person that we can see. And we do not want to exercise our faith and our values, our Christianity. We want to just bicker and moan. So when we talk about these ancient stories, please remember, they're called the Israelites, but they are talking about us all, every single one of us. The minute we become uncomfortable, our faith is tested. The minute we get separated or have a minute of doubt, our faith, the thing that we are wanting to hang on to that gives us strength, it's tested. And usually, for many people, that's the first thing that they cast aside. It's the first thing that they say, I'm not going to focus on that now. I'm going to focus on that old guy, and I'm going to just blame him. When I was younger, uh, and my son was a lot younger, he was about uh, 10, 11 years old, uh, he and I used to love to go biking. And we would go to the Mopac Trail. Uh, and I don't know if you're familiar with the Mopac Trail. It's this wonderful trail that starts at like a... Well, it actually goes through town, but where we would go is like 84th and uh, O or something like that. You get on this trail, and it's a limestone trail, and you can go as far as Wabash. But uh, at that age, we would ride our bikes to uh, Eagle, which is um, about a half hour's drive from here, right? We were on this trail, and here it's around civilization. By the time that you're get, between here and Eagle, you're kind of out in the uh, total nature, no man's land kind of thing, just out there on your own. And we were having this wonderful time, and we get to Eagle, and we had this tradition where we would go to the gas station there, and then we would get like a, a Gatorade and like a banana or something like that. We'd, we'd eat it, and then we'd head back. We're about ready to head back, and my son... Uh, tells me that his tire is flat, his front tire is flat. So naturally, I just say, <laughs> sucks to be you, and I just took off. I haven't seen him since. Um, no, I thought, uh-oh, how, how do we manage? I don't have any, you know, I didn't, I wasn't responsible. I didn't bring in those tire kits or anything like that or uh, anything like that. And so I'm thinking, uh, hmm. How are we going to do this? Maybe I can, you know, kind of hang on to his bike and ride, or I don't know how to do this. And by the time that I was even trying to figure it out, I looked down, and I kid you not, my tire was flat. Both of us had rolled across something that flattened both of our tires. And we have not even left Eagle yet. And this is before there were cell phones. This is before anything like that. We couldn't just call somebody and have them pick us up. I knew then that my little son and I, we had to walk from Eagle back to Lincoln. Immediately, I got um, pouty. There's no other way to put it. I was, I was pouty that we had to walk all the way back because I knew it was going to be a long time to walk. You know, what you, when it takes you the amount to ride a bike, you can pretty much double or triple that to, to walk. And it was hot. It was a nasty hot day. Uh, there was nothing else to do. We had no choice but to walk. And immediately, I started to complain to myself. I didn't complain to my son. And I'm glad I didn't because as we continued our walk, he started talking to me and I started talking to him just about anything. 
And suddenly, it was just fun. I was taking a walk with my son. Uh, the distance never really mattered anymore. We were, we were looking at stuff. We were talking about all kinds of things. And we were having this wonderful, wonderful time. And it was beautiful. I had this bonding moment that I remember to this day. My son is now going to be 26. And he won't bike with me at all anymore. But um, we had this wonderful time. This wonderful conversation. This wonderful talk. And it was, by the time we got to the car, neither one of us was even tired. Neither one of us, uh, and, and to be honest, I, thinking back to that, I cannot tell you how long it took us. I cannot tell you whether or not I was sore the next day. None of that stuff even came into our head because we were so engaged in the wonderful relationship of the conversation that we had. I think that's faith. Faith sometimes is when during when the, the road seems incredibly long and, and uncomfortable and it seems hot and you are thinking like you, it's going to take you forever to get through this. Faith is the thing that makes you smile and gives you strength along the way. Faith is the thing that keeps us going. Do we have that faith that even during the difficult times, the hard times, where we can look beyond what we see and find strength in what we know. I ask you again, how's your faith today? Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we often go through times of Comfort, we often go through times of great discomfort. We go through times when we thirst. We go through times that we are hungry. We go through times that we feel challenged. Help us to remember that you are there with us. Help us to remember that you will be there tomorrow. You are there today. You were there yesterday. And you will be there tomorrow. Help us remember we never, ever, we never walk alone. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. You know, my, my walk with my, my son was not a walk in the desert. We didn't have manna falling from the sky. We didn't have those moments. I wasn't dying of thirst. Um, I was just uncomfortable. But I have a very, very good relationship with my son. Uh, we are, are very close even to this day, and I think it was moments like that that helped build that relationship. And I'll get it. Um, and it was those moments that could have turned sour because I could have turned sour. Like the water. Uh, we have a choice in our days. Every day is a journey. Every day we wander out there, and it could be a desert. It could be an oasis. It could be a, a beautiful day. Whatever the case is, are we bringing our faith with us? And are we turning moments of trial into moments, opportunities of love? I pray that each one of us does. And I pray that we focus on that this week. The challenge this week is to consider yourself in the desert. What do you want to bring? your faith.
Love God, love yourselves, and love your neighbors. Amen.